somebody's going to get a big one. I mean, that's just the way that Delta is. It's it's like a box of chocolates when you're fishing out there. You never know what you're going to end up getting, especially with that punching and frogging. Hey folks, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Western Outdoor News Podcast. This week we go over the 39th annual Striper Derby with tournament director Billy Egan and editor Mike Stevens. It was on go the whole time. (laughs) We then get to listen in on a conversation with tourney pro Bill Hines and tournament director Billy Egan. They talk about current conditions on the California Delta leading into this weekend's Big Bass Challenge event. I mean, one day you can be a hero and the next day you can be a zero. So, I mean, it's just, that's the way that that body of water is and for those of you showing up to the big bass challenge this weekend may 22nd at registration you can meet billy hines at registration he mentions it in the conversation so without any further ado let's get to it been out there fishing the uh tackle warehouse pro circuit back east it's been a grind um, a lot of fun a lot of uh a lot of learning along the way it's uh it's always a learning thing when you're when you, when you're bass fishing. You know, every day is a new day out there. So, what part of the uh, country have been uh, participating in tournaments so far? Uh, basically, east of Alabama. So, my last one was in Eufaula. We started in Okeechobee, had a good finish there, finished up in 26th place, and then uh, last two tournaments was Lake Murray and Lake Eufaula, and both uh, struggled in both those, but. We've got two more tournaments to pick it back up and hopefully uh, save, save the year. We've missed you at the uh, Juan Bass tournaments, but we know uh, you're chasing the dreams out there. And uh, we've been doing uh, some great events at the Arizona Open, Cal Open, and the U.S. Open coming up in October and uh, all of our events. But you, you live in Northern California, Billy, and you know when we used to have pro-ams and do events on the Delta and stuff, you'd always be there. Tell us a little bit about uh, your Delta experience. What's your biggest fish you've ever caught at the Delta? Biggest fish on the Delta is 1120. Um, caught that punching. Probably what I'd be doing, um, probably what I'd be doing this weekend coming up. I guess there's a, uh, the Strike King and Lou's Big Bass event there at the uh, Russo's. And uh, I think that's going to be a great tournament to be at. Yeah, we're, we're real happy that uh, Western Outdoor News and uh, our team is involved with uh, striking and lose during their Big Bass Challenge uh, this coming weekend, which is May 22nd out of Russo's. We're going to be doing registration the night before uh, at uh, Dave's Delta Outdoors. The Delta, I was just up there a little while ago, about a week and a half ago, got a chance to fish with uh, Vince Borges. And, you know, I tell you, because of the tidal situation out there at the Delta, it's it's always got my number. Even when you're with the guide, you know, it's it's hit or miss. Can you elaborate a little bit about the tidal situations and, and why that affects the fishing out there at the Delta? Yeah, a lot of, uh, well, a lot of guys don't understand it. Even the guys that do understand it. I mean, one day you can be a hero and the next day you can be a zero. So, I mean, it's just, that's the way that that body of water is, man. It, it doesn't really care who you are out there. Um, I know that we have, outgoing till about 7 30 in the morning on a saturday for this tournament and then it's going to be incoming so the guys that start up you know around that sherman island area and move with the tide when that tide starts moving you know you can move you know a couple miles and a couple miles just keep moving just follow that tide in 
you could always be running moving water, which is, you know, always, always the key at the Delta is moving water. So this time of year, I'll probably be frogging and frogging and punching, throwing a uh, thunder cricket. And uh, the striking sexy frog would be a good one there. And colors for punching, probably go with the Falcon Lake Crawl, man. That thing is uh, pretty much a, much a get or done bait, and uh, it's a great color. And you can fish, you know, fish it behind the trailer or as a trailer or as a bunch of baits, you know. So they got a lot of a lot of options at Strike King for for products, and uh, that'll be a, a good way to to start that term is following that tide. Like I say, being being it's going to be low at seven thirty and start coming in. You know, you guys are going to be taking off pretty early. So until that happens, you know, you, you, you it's going to be hit and miss. But as soon as that water starts moving, I think uh, the action will pick up and it'll be a lot of fun to be had there. Yeah, it, uh, you know, the Delta is a challenging place. Any lake can be challenging, but when you throw the tidal situations in there, it kind of adds another aspect to it that most people aren't familiar with. You know, the striking deal coming up this weekend, it's an awesome event. Uh, they hope that you go out and purchase some of their products to, to fish the event with, but it's not exclusive only to striking products. You can fish anything you'd like, um, but uh, it's going to be a great time. It's an individual event. Uh, it's $100 to enter. There's going to be four-way periods during the day on Saturday uh, and five winners from each of those way periods uh, for the five biggest fish from each of those way periods will win some cash. So 20 top winners. And then the biggest fish of the event is going to be getting a $5,000 striking lose uh, bling your boat out package, which I'm sure is jam-packed with a lot of cool stuff. Um, but, you know, you mentioned uh, punching on the Delta I don't imagine that it's real deep in most of the areas that you're punching. Are you punching in anywhere from two to six foot or is it, am I wrong? Oh, I try from anywhere from one foot to three feet. Okay. It is a really good, is a really good, you know, place to start up to four feet. You want to try to get those outside sparse toolies, you know, on the points. It's just like you're just picture you fix yourself fishing a lake, you know, and okay. Typically, you'd fish points and, you know, breaks and stuff like that. It's the same thing with the Delta. So those sparse, little sparse patches of, of tulies and hyacinth seem to be a, a big, ba- big bass magnets, you know. I mean, it, they don't have to be way, way back up in the stuff, you know. Those big fish want to be right out on the edge, getting ready to ambush something coming by, especially when that water starts moving. So a go-to uh, way to catch them there on the Delta is just try to, Try to find those offshore, you know, those little offshore patches and off the point, the little patches off the points and kind of move in from there. So in your opinion, you, you think uh, the moon phase and the tidal phase is pretty well set up for this event coming up this weekend? Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be good. You guys will have a lot of fun. I mean, it's 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 always fun on the Delta. I mean, really, somebody's going to get a big one. I mean, it's just the way that Delta is. It's. It's like a box of chocolates when you're fishing out there. You never know what you're going to end up getting, especially with that punching and frogging. And, uh, no, it's going to set up real nice. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to be actually at that Dave's Delta Outdoors Friday. I'll be there about 3.30. I think I'm getting there a little bit early. So until I think around 6, is that right? Yeah, you're going to bring bring your boat so everybody can check out the boat and answer any questions on the striking and lose products and give some pointers to anybody there at the Delta registration uh, the night before. And then 
you're uh, going to be there Saturday as well. Maybe get on the water, do some on the water stuff, uh, capture some of the uh, launch that we're going to do there from Russo's Marina. I'm going to be running around on the lake after we get everybody launched out. We'll run around and take some pictures of all the guys out there trying to catch giants, you know? So be, I look forward to, I look forward to being back out there. I really like that place. It's a, it's a joy to be, to run around on. It's a, it's definitely one of the best, best fisheries in the world. We have the best fisheries in the world here in California. So without a doubt, I've fished everywhere, coast to coast. And, you know, you come back here and it's, it's like coming back to the chocolate factory, you know, I mean, it's awesome. You got it. Yeah. We had an awesome California open uh, tournament at Clear Lake a couple of weeks ago. In my 10 years of fishing, I've never seen that many fish brought to the scales in a tournament. We literally for three days had almost every single team bring us five fish limit, except for two on the final day. Oh, I mean, I was missing that so bad. You know, I love fishing the one bass tournaments. I mean, that's thing that is, that is the deal. You've done a fantastic job building that, that whole series. And, and, uh, I really, really, I was watching it online and it was killing me not being here being able to fish it (laughs) (laughs) i bet it was i bet it was well (laughs) folks uh if you've got uh you know if any of this uh tickled your fancy and you feel like getting out of the delta and have a chance to win some cool stuff we've even currently still have some of those lose rods available for the first hundred entries i think we've got maybe 20 rods left so if you're uh got nothing going on this weekend come join us out at uh russo's marina or Dave's Delta Outdoors Friday night for registration and uh, come check out Billy in the Lou striking boat and uh, say hello. But uh, Billy, it's great catching up with you and we look forward to seeing you this weekend. Thanks for giving us a little rundown on the Delta. Oh yeah, no, appreciate it, Billy. And I look forward to seeing everybody out there and I look forward to fishing the U S open on me. I'm going to be home at that time of year. I'm there every year and it's, it's always, it's always a joy to be there. So I look forward to that. So we will see everybody at the Strike King Big Bass Challenge up there on the California Delta this weekend, May 22nd, with registration on the 21st. Head over to wonews.com for all the details on that event. For the details on the Striper Derby, stay tuned to the podcast and head over to wonews.com or in the paper. We have the full recap of all the winners, all the weights, everything you need to know about Striper Derby. But let's hear it from some of the winners themselves. We have the Walker family who have been fishing this event for 14 years and they they finally did it. They walked away from the tournament with a brand new Klamath boat. Let's hear what they had to say. Hey guys, we're here with the Walker family and they just won the brand new Klamath via raffle at the Western Outdoor News Striper Derby. Guys, how does it feel to have a brand new boat? Well, unbelievable. It's, yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> unbelievable. Crazy. Been fishing this for 14 years. And wow. so I've seen these boats go, never thought that I would win a boat. And uh, it took me a couple times to look at my wristband, but it, it uh, hit. So pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Pretty yeah, cool. yeah. It's not so bad when you show up to the Western Outdoor News Striper Derby and you leave with a brand new Klamath boat. So let's hear more about the tournament, the conditions, what it's like fishing Havasu during the Striper Derby. Let's hear it all from Mike Stevens, Daniel LaBarbera, and Billy Egan. Let's hear what they had to say. The weather was gorgeous. It wasn't as hot as they were kind of talking about, uh, you know, and thankfully that's kind of why we do it in May so it doesn't get into the 
hundreds, but uh, it was nice. It was a bit windy. The anglers woke up, I think, to 15, 20 mile an hour winds. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, luckily it wasn't a bass tournament where we're all starting in the same place in the morning because I might consider holding them off. But, you know, these are seasoned anglers. They're out there in nice boats and uh, they were out there and put it together. Yeah, a lot of guys fishing in larger boats, a lot of guys on anchor. We uh, we started our day down in Parker Dam off takeoff point there right at the dam, and there was probably 10 boats stacked up, anchored up. Um, is that kind of something normal for that area in the deep that deep hole right there? Yeah, you typically hear of a number of teams that are fishing down in that area. Um, there's a lot of different tactics for that. The water is deeper, and I think it's moving down there a little bit more. Maybe some current that they're finding, but, uh, you know, Throughout the years that I've been doing this, guys spread pretty much over the whole lake, whether it's down by Bill Williams or all the way up to the mouth of the river or in the river, they're all spread out. Yeah, I, ta- I talked to a lot of guys who were at the mouth of the river doing the same thing, and it sounded like some of the guys in smaller boats um, found that area to be a little bit more out of the wind, it seemed. Um, one guy said he started out in the mouth of the river, moved out into the lake, and he said it was a big mistake, and he went back. So. <laughs> Yeah, from down there, we we worked our way up, and by the time we got around like to Copper Canyon, it was blowing pretty good, and we were in a little center console taking it pretty hard. We saw a couple guys trying to set anchor, and just they couldn't do it on some of the points. A lot of guys just spread, like you said, throughout the whole fishery. It's it's crazy how many fish are spread throughout. Yeah, a lot of people catch fish in a lot of different ways. You know, the the old traditional way was cut bait and hundreds of pounds of sardines or anchovies yeah. and flash frozen and chunked for days before the event. But uh, there's still people doing that. But now, you know, there's a lot of guys that are using lures only. There's other guys that are using flies out there and lead core and trolling. So a lot of different tactics to bring in the fish. Not everybody caught them, but a good majority of people were able to find them. Yeah, we, we talked to a couple of those guys trolling the lead core flies. They said it was tough on the troll this this trip, at least the few we talked to. Do you guys have any good catches on the troll that you heard of? Uh, I, I don't – not that I heard of, and that's not necessarily to say that it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when we're talking to guys on Saturday and you still got Sunday to fish. Um, it seemed to me like chumming came up a lot more – than usual this time like the guy who uh scott green who got the big fish he mentioned chumming a lot and so did the twins you know the guys were saying they showed up with 60 pounds of anchovies and just to get <laughs> get after it yeah talking to him i mean he said it was no secret just chum a lot sit on your spot he said he started right. uh i mean he fished earlier in the week and and kind of like found a zone and a yeah. lot of the big guns out there uh normally find themselves in the top 10 so they caught most of their fish in the first few hours of the day and were done by nine in the morning, if not earlier. Yeah, that's that's always been my experience just fishing. We fish a lot of topwater for them there, and, and you know, we're done by 7 a.m. typically as far as getting bites. Yeah, yeah. A lot of guys were in early, guys hanging out in Kokomo's before the weigh-in even opened up. Yeah, we had a few teams having drinks while we were putting the, <laughs> the scales in the tent together. Oh, while setting up? Yeah, yeah. while setting up. They were already done, had their, had their limit already. <laughs> but uh, it's a fun event. You know, it's a family event. A lot of the people that uh, come out, uh, not only are they fishing in the event, but they've got family members. They either VRBO or they've got uh, campsites or RVs that they've teamed up with people for years. You know, Anderson Toyota stepped up great this year for the registration. It was re- real nice there. And, you know, the, the carrot on top was uh, London Bridge allowing us to use the conference center 
uh, yeah. and have the award show yeah. in, in the air conditioning, air conditioning unit with the bar <laughs> and see all those people sitting together and having a good time and uh, going through the raffles and the prizes and you know the early bird deal with the suntex uh houseboat trip went over real well the hook gift cards mm -hmm. sea eagle and obviously the klamath suzuki motor package yeah it was really cool being able to have those out on display uh, at Anderson Toyota, and, and that went off without a hitch. I mean, everyone checked in that day, and we had, I think, an extra 30 or 40 uh, sign-up day of. Yeah, about 30 new sign-ups yeah. day of. So we got a total of 148 teams that were out there fishing, which was awesome. So looking forward to growing that. Want to bust the 200 mark uh, next year for the 40th anniversary. So uh, lots to plan for, and we look forward to it. Day two. Day two was cooler. I remember waking up day two and, and actually having a little chill in the air and getting out on the water, and the wind wasn't up, but it was cooler. Uh, how was fishing day two as far as, you know, when the guys started coming in with their bags? Was it an early limit style thing again? or? Well, I think <clears throat> typically Sunday, because the weigh-ins are earlier, starting at 11 and ending at 1, you get most of the people um, – that are either already done and they come in and weigh in early so they can get cleaned up, get packed up and get ready for the award show. Or you've got the teams out that are utilizing every minute they can to get whatever fish they can catch. So the way Sunday went, we had a good number of teams that weighed in the first 30, 40 minutes and then it got kind of slow until the last 30, 40 minutes. But yeah. uh, overall, a lot of the boats uh, brought in some nice quality fish but the winner had over 80, just a little over 80 pounds this year for uh, yeah. t uh, for 20 fish. And uh, I'm not sure it was second place was 77 something. Yeah, the top 10 was within. was close. You know, it, yeah. was, it was tight, you know, the whole time. Kenny Baldwin finished sixth, and I showed you that message he sent me where he was just less than a pound out of fifth and, again, less than a pound out of fourth. You know, it was it was tight. You know, down the stretch. Because his fish weren't eating the cut bait, huh? Yeah, yeah that's what he said. He said he wished his fish were full of chum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the amount of anglers that showed up and the amount of fish were caught, did it seem pretty, you know, pretty average as far as limits and, and that kind of thing? Were, were, were a lot of boats bringing in limits? I think this year was a little tougher than, than, no, than normal years. I mean, last year our, our event was in June and they were still able to find them, but I don't think it, it was quite the size that it's we've seen in the past a lot, okay. of, a lot of smaller fish this year yeah I didn't and a lot of people scales. mentioning they couldn't get past that 14 inch mark you know they kept mm -hmm. catching dinks um so you know the, the lakes could be in a transition period plus they're on the spawn you can tell all those fish were in the motions yeah uh lots of fishy smelly <laughs> stuff during the yeah. weigh-ins it was crazy <laughs> but um it just seemed like the fishing might have been a little tougher yeah, yeah. Something about the weigh-in that's really cool is all those coolers that were lined up by Anglers United, and they were able to take all the fish that would have, you know, had to have been the responsibility of the people catching them or could have potentially been waste. So what do they get to do with that that fish they bring in every day? Uh, they donate uh, a lot of that to local charities. They also donate that to themselves and yep. their freezers for, for tacos <laughs> they were definitely and ceviche. Pulling their coolers. Yeah, they work real well <laughs> together. And Angers United is an awesome group out there. They uh, are the sole reason Lake Havasu is the fishery it is because of all the habitat that they've put in over the years uh, to help with the, the spawn of not only the largemouth and smallmouth, but also the stripers, sunfish. And it's a phenomenal fishery. 
Unfortunately, they're dealing with some red tape right now because of the COVID restrictions and so forth, and there hasn't been new uh, development development yeah. with their with their program. So, but they're still there, and they're all retired, and they're all doing it because they love the area, and they love the lake, and um, want to do as much as they can together. Yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. You know, every time I go there, I, I see all the structure, every cove, every point. You know, every big flat's got some sort of man-made structure on it and they were talking about taking out some of the pvc stuff and replacing it with concrete it sounded like so maybe a little bit more environmentally friendly and um just more habitat for all the fry and and bait to congregate around you know ron uh the guy who's heading the uh anglers united group was saying something that the concrete would be adverse compared to the pvc because it doesn't provide as much protection for the fry there's not as many holes to hide in and things like that like the mesh nettings they use with the pvc structures but you know um regardless it just it's something that needs to keep continuing for that lake to to keep improving like it has uh throughout the years and uh we love going there lake havasu go lake havasu and the chamber of commerce has always been very helpful for this event and our other events it's a beautiful area good place to go when it's not super super hot (laughs) yeah but i tell you what that was the that was the most crowded i've seen lake havasu that weekend in 10 years yeah, yeah. the channel the channel was filling up yeah, it was, it was before way and started it, it was won. on go the whole time <laughs> <laughs> right on okay well well next year we're, we're hoping to get over 200 anglers uh do we have dates in mind for that i mean yeah it's already May. set i think it's only one day difference from uh, this year it's the 13th and 14th i think next year okay. it's, it's that weekend or 14th and 15th because i think this year was the 15th 16th so uh yeah, book it, Dano. It's it's yeah. it's there. Fortieth anniversary. <laughs> yeah, fortieth anniversary. Some big some big plans probably for that one, and and hopefully some really beautiful weather. Thanks again for listening to the Western Outdoor News podcast. We will see you this weekend at the Strike King Big Bass Challenge up in the California Delta. We'll see you next year at the Striper Derby in Lake Havasu, and we'll see you next week on the Western Outdoor News podcast.